the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Monday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Clotto and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Good Happy morning. Monday. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back, everybody. It's been, it feels like yes. forever. It really? It does. It was it? a little weird yeah. realizing last night, you know, hey, got to go to work. We got to get up go to work. Oh, no. Oh, but did you see that moon? It was like a headlight coming in this morning. It was beautiful. Big, beautiful It moon. still is beautiful, I'm sure. For those waking up, mm. it's worth your while to go out and take a look at it. If Better you hurry. Chance. I bet that rascal's setting, but yeah. it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. In the West. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Well. We're going to settle in and begin our day with prayer, as we always do with the morning show. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. O God, who loves the humble, remind me to do good deeds each day and also to never put others down. Jesus made it clear that I do not need to compare myself to others to deserve your love. I already have it. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Amen. Spirit, Amen. Saint Francesco Antonio Frassani, pray for us. Pray for us, Damien. That prayer was so relevant to start our week off on the right foot. Yep. So looking forward to this beautiful Cyber Monday. I hope you get all the great deals out there to start your uh, shopping. I know that it's a big day for a lot of people, so definitely check that out. But we have a great lineup for you today, starting off with some events in our listening area. We will give you details about at 10 after. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. In 18 minutes, Dr. Scott Heffelfinger joins us. He's a professor at the Augustine Institute Graduate School of Theology. And today he's talking about a new video series called Rooted, Rediscover the Jesse Tree This Advent. So we're just days away from the start of the Advent season. And this is a wonderful way for us to learn a little bit more about the season of waiting. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's a co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday he joins us and shows us, tells us really how to raise Catholic teens in today's world. So looking forward to that conversation. And in 48 minutes, Dr. David Whitten joins Damien and Dave in the Baton Rouge studio. He's a professor of theology over at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as Fran U. And today we are talking about the Eucharist and Thanksgiving. So looking forward to a wonderful lineup today. And Damien, I have my coat ready because it looks, it's chilly outside. Yeah, <laughs> what do you you're have for smart us? <laughs> to have your coat ready. That's right. A cold front moved in overnight. <laughs> or did it. And we're looking and waking up to some very cold temperatures to say the least. In fact, everybody's in the low 40s right now. And we have wind blowing out of the north at 5 to 10 to add to that. So grab a coat or a jacket on your way out the door. Get the kids. Make sure they're bundled up at the bus stop. High today is only going to be 59. The mm. low is going to be 40. 
It's going to be cloudy, so that's going to keep temperatures low. And uh, no rain in the forecast. That's good news. Tomorrow, basically the same. A tad bit warmer with a high of 63. And that's because we should see some sunshine tomorrow. Uh, A little more than what we've been experiencing uh, over the holidays. Uh, Same as expected for Wednesday. uh, High in the mid-60s. Temperatures in and around the area right now. As I said, everyone in the 40s. Gulfport, it's 42 degrees over in Covington and Baton Rouge, it's 40. 44 in Homa Thibodeau. And in New Orleans, it's 46 degrees. So those are the temps. That's your forecast. And don't go too far because coming up, we have a number of events you need to catch up on that are taking place in and around our listening area. And we also have the Gospel and Reflection here on Wake Up. Happy Monday. Good Monday morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 21. When Jesus looked up, he saw some wealthy people putting their offerings into the treasury, and he noticed a poor widow putting in two small coins. He said, I tell you truly, this poor widow put in more than all the rest, for the others have all made offerings from their surplus wealth, but she from her poverty has offered her whole livelihood. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The early Christian writers used this incident in our Lord's life to teach us about the proper use of our possessions. St. Cyprian used the story of the widow's gift to teach that giving to the poor is the same thing as giving to the Lord. St. Cyril of Alexandria pointed out that the rich, whose gifts in financial terms may seem huge in comparison with the widow's tiny donation, might in reality be much smaller than hers because they gave out of their superfluous excess. Therefore, he challenges us. Does our tithe and our gifts to the poor represent putting God first in our lives? St. Ambrose taught that widows and orphans, the sick and the poor, represent the precious treasury of the church. Therefore, the contributions of the faithful forms the refuge of the needy. He also pointed out that the poor often fall more generous, relatively speaking, than are the rich. Say, Mother Teresa told of bringing a bag of rice to a starving family. The mother of this destitute family asked Mother Teresa if she could get half to her neighbor because they also had nothing to eat. The Pope, St. Leo the Great, concluded, The works of mercy are not fruitless, and the kindness never loses what is offered even to the ungrateful. May no one, dearly beloved, make themselves strangers to good works. Let no one claim that his poverty scarcely sufficed for himself and could not help another. Was offered from a little is great, and in the scale of divine justice, the quality of the gifts is not measured, but the steadfastness of of souls. The widow in the gospel put two coins in the treasury, and this surpassed the gifts of all the rich. No mercy is worthless before God. No compassion is fruitless. He has given different resources to human beings, but he does not ask different affections. 
And so these saints challenge us to put God and the poor first in the use of our treasure. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy. I'm Father Chris Decker. It is 10 after the hour on this Monday morning, November 27th, wrapping up the month this week. And, you know, Advent is right around the corner. And the Franciscan Friars invite one and all to the Divine Mercy Catholic Church in Kenner to see the first-class relics of St. Anthony of Padua coming up on Sunday, December 10th. St. Anthony will be visiting in the form of two first-class relics from the Basilica in Padua in Italy. Uh, there will be a Mass Sunday at 8.30 as well as at 10.30, and veneration beginning at 9.30 a.m. until 2.30 p.m. So if you want more information, go to ccmedia.live. We've got all the details uh, right there for you. But uh, look forward to seeing you all there. You going, huh? I'm planning to. I bet you are. St. Peter Parish in Covington has, has name ministry serving widows and widowers, and they'll be meeting on Tuesday, December the 5th, and it'll be from 1130 to 1.30 at Gallagher's Grill on Tyler Street in Covington, Louisiana. So widows and widowers are invited to attend. For more information, once again, go to ccmedia.live. They need an attendance count, so we'll have a phone number there for you, but I can tell you real quick, it's 985 502 4403, if you were able to pull over and write that down real quick. <laughs> like Dave said, ccmedia.live is where you can go and grab that phone number if you didn't have that pen and paper ready in 2.5 seconds. That's right. So, no. Uh, <laughs> the Young Adult Silent Retreat for Women is coming up on December 8th. It's called Come and Sit at His Feet, a Spiritual Poverty and Femininity Retreat for Young Adult Women, led by, led by Claire Gallagher. It's happening on December 8th through the 10th at Camp Abbey Retreat Center in Covington. It's sponsored by the CYO Youth and Young Adult Ministry of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. It is a silent retreat. Uh, there will be talks, the sacraments, and time for rest and reflection. The cost of the retreat is $150 per person, and that includes lodging for Saturday and Sunday and your meals. So you can go to ccmedia.live for more information. You know, how to create a tech-ready home has been probably something we have all been thinking about for a while and not sure if we've done it or not. Well, St. Peter's Catholic Church is presenting how to create a tech-ready home, and it's presented by Chris McKenna. Uh, he's with Protect Young Eyes. And this oh, wow. is going to be November 30th, which is this Thursday at 615 at St. Mary's Hall on the uh, St. Peter Catholic uh, church uh, campus. All are invited to attend, and if uh, there's even free child uh, care provided uh, for the students uh, of, of St. Peter's. Mm -hmm. And this is going to teach you how to uh, understand how young developing brains are impacted by today's technology, learn how to use hardware and software to keep your children safe, and you'll discover ways to ensure your family is prepared, balanced, and protected online. Good little event to attend if you're in the area. So, again, November 30th, 615, St. Peter's Catholic Church. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. But there's a lot of dangerous stuff well, out there, that's, too. That's, that's so that's right. good to know. That's why you got to balance it. That's right. That's right. Sunday, December 3rd, that's this Sunday, La Posada is going on. So join Sister Dulcie Maria. It's going to be at the Mercedarian Prayer Center 
in Baton Rouge, and it is a tradition where the the children follow a shepherd and they go door to door because they're looking for the Christ child. And it is awesome. It's amazing. And and people greet them at the door and they'll get little gifts and candy and and uh, they'll they'll move on until they find the Christ child. It's a wonderful experience. They're gonna have um, a, a petting zoo. Uh, Saint Nicholas will be there and. Damien Bubbles the Camel will be there. That's all I had to hear. I'm okay. there. I'm there with well, Bubbles. I, I know I, I you and Bubbles are tight. And look, they got uh, funnel cakes, funnel cakes, baby, and uh, caramel popcorn. It's fun. They do the same yeah, thing every is. year. And look, I really enjoy it because I bring grandkids. But, you know, I tell the grandkids, run on. I'm yeah. going to see Bubbles. Learn them. So, yeah, a little Spanish yeah. culture at the same yeah. time. It so. is really an awesome little tradition. Yeah. It's really cool. It really is. Dave's celebrity crushes Bubbles the Camel. And as I'm talking about Bubbles. I get his autograph. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> got that done. By the way, Vespers for the Dead is tonight. Uh, it's an offering in loving memory of our friends Father Otis and Ruth Pratt's. That's at St. Peter's Catholic Church as well in Covington. Okay, folks, 15 after the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 27th. Today, we celebrate St. Francesco Antonio Fazzani. Born in Lucera, Italy in 1681, he was ordained a conventual Franciscan priest in 1705. For a time, he taught philosophy to younger members of his community. He later served as provincial, novice master, and finally as pastor in his hometown. Francesco's skills as a preacher and confessor drew people to him. One who heard his preaching noted that he spoke in a popular, familiar way that stirred his listeners and revealed his deep love of God and neighbor. He was also known for his devotion to the poor and did not hesitate to appeal on their behalf to benefactors who could help. In 1742, children in Lucera announced his passing with cries of, The saint is dead! The saint is dead! During his homily at Francesca's canonization in 1986, Pope John Paul II stated that in the final analysis, human holiness is decided by love. Francesco, the Holy Father said, made the love taught us by Christ the fundamental characteristic of his existence, the basic criterion of his thought and activity, the supreme summit of his aspirations. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth on this beautiful Monday morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Collado and David Dawson. Our first guest today is Dr. Scott Helfelfinger. He's a professor at the Augustine Institute Graduate School of Theology. And today he's talking about a new video series called Rooted, Rediscover the Jesse Tree This Advent. Dr. Helfelfinger, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so I hope you have your Advent wreath on deck because we're just days away from putting it on, fresh candles and, and, and starting that tradition uh, leading up into Christmas. But the Jesse tree, Dr. Heffelfinger, I remember in kindergarten putting together our own Jesse tree, cutting out the ornaments and realizing why we do this tradition. So tell our listeners a little bit about this video series and how they can learn more about the Jesse tree. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, that sounds great. That's how we started doing the Jesse tree in our family was making our own, our own ornaments with our children and uh, having a great time going through scripture and praying together. 
And this series follows this basic tradition of working through the story of salvation history, the major events and figures, and seeing how they point to Christ, and how also they can apply to our own lives and prepare our hearts for Christ's coming at Christmas. Um, And so it's a family activity that's typically done, a devotional um, that's great for families and kids. And the series that we've put together at the Augustine Institute that I host, um, it is trying to kind of reinterpret this a little bit for adults. Um, I've profited a lot from doing the Jesse Tree with my children. Um, and I thought, what if I you know, try to put something together that's sort of just tuned up a little bit more for adults? And, um, and so that's what we do in this series, the 22 days of Advent. We've got a daily reflection working through um, these various stories and figures in the Old Testament, showing how they prepare us for Christ and how they apply to our lives. So this is our way of trying to put a video spin on, you know, a kind of uh, tradition, traditional uh, Advent devotion. Dr. Yeah, Scott, and this, this can be a new tradition, too. Yeah, Go ahead, David. I was just curious, Dr. <laughs> Scott, it's, it's David. I, I was just curious, yeah. is this a new tradition? This is something I'm not familiar with. I didn't grow up with the Jesse tree, and I've heard of it, but is, is it something that's just come about, or has it been around a while and just getting resurrected? That is a great question. I also didn't grow up with it. I don't know how new it is. The, the idea stems from um, Isaiah chapter 11, where it talks about, um, from the stump of Jesse, a shoot will spring forth. Mm. And this passage, uh, you find it in medieval cathedrals even, where it's depicted as um, Jesse with a branch coming out of his side, leading to this family tree at the top of which is Jesus Christ. Mm. So the idea of a Jesse tree is an ancient idea. Um, whether the, the kind of hanging, making and hanging of ornaments and sitting down and praying together, that I'm not sure how recent it is. I don't mm-hmm. think it's terribly recent. I also don't think it goes back to the Middle Ages, so I've given you a nice narrow window there of about a thousand years. <laughs> Somewhere around there, okay. <laughs> Somewhere around there. <laughs> and I'm just wondering Dr. if that's Hassel's where the Christmas tree came from, as well, part I of mean, the Jesse tree. Don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't but, know. Uh, bringing yeah, up a good question. Yeah. But it's still... Well, I think yeah. one way that that worked uh, was that people would have their Christmas trees in the house, mm-hmm. but you know, nowadays we, we often, it's sort of like around Thanksgiving time, people are getting out their trees and mm-hmm. they set them up for the day after Thanksgiving. But of course, for Catholics, the Christmas season doesn't begin until, you know, Christmas Eve, right? right. And then it runs for some time mm-hmm. after that. And so we have this beautiful season of Advent. And I think what happened in certain parts of the world was they would set up that, um, that tree, the Christmas tree in the house, but they would, in a preliminary way, work through the Jesse tree tradition and hang those ornaments on the tree. Ah. And then once Christmas rolled around, it was sort of transformed into the typical Christmas tree oh, that nice. we think of today. So there is a connection, I think, with that tree. That's a good idea. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Dr. Heffelfinger, talk about the meaning of each ornament and how that can teach us about Bible passages. Yeah, yeah. So the ornaments uh, for the Jesse tree... Um, have a little symbol on it, and you mentioned making it as a kid, and that's what we've done with our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the symbol represents one particular story of of salvation. You know, so for example, the story of Noah and Noah's Ark. You might have a sim- they're typically fairly simple, right? But um, you might have a, a simple ornament with an image of an ark. And as you read a little bit of the story of Noah and the flood and the ark and the animals. Um, 
you then take that ornament as part of your devotion, as part of the prayer, and you hang it on the tree. So each ornament then becomes a little, you know, almost an icon, if you will, of a particular moment in salvation history and the particular reflection mm-hmm. that you have on it. So in our, in our video series of the Advent Tree, since we don't have concrete materials that we're putting in people's hands, we have a little graphical uh, depiction of the ornament um, and that kind of is meant to clue people into these various uh, stories and events and people of, uh, of salvation history. So this video series is geared toward adults. Did you see that there was a need there to kind of focus on having adults look into the video series and learn more about the Jesse tree? Yeah, you know, what I experienced um, was that as I prayed this uh, tradition with my family, it was just very fruitful for me. So in a way, it came from seeing um, maybe a need that I had in my life or a way that I was able to enter into Advent in a helpful way. So my family loves Advent. It's one of our favorite liturgical mm-hmm. seasons. It's just so much anticipation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this doing this together proved to be very rich for, for me. And it just seemed like this would be a great way to kind of help draw adults into that waiting and preparation of Advent. Because, um, you know, we're very busy. Uh, our minds are often mm-hmm. turning to uh, getting gifts and, you know, wrapping up work maybe before Christmas break or whatever it might be. And so to have these are short seven-minute uh, reflections each day, um, something you can, you know, just turn on, listen to, watch, um, for a quick moment of reflection and then also application as we move towards towards Christmas. So, that was kind of the inspiration um, behind it. And as I said, it's for adults. It's not, there's not adult content in it, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. it's just geared a little bit more towards them. But I'm going to, for example, mm-hmm. I'll be watching it with my teenage son and maybe my 10-year-old daughter um, just because there'll be some lessons in there for them and it'll be a great conversation starter for us as we, as we go through Advent together as a family. How, so how, what can viewers expect? Is it a daily video? Is it a, how long is the video? And basically when they sign up or what can they expect? (laughs) Yeah, great. Yeah, it is a daily series of videos. So each day um, there'll be a video that comes out and it's about seven minutes long. The first, you know, the first minute and a half or so is actually just a reading from the particular uh, scene, if you will, in the Old Testament. So a scriptural reading. And I just read the passage, and then we kind of shift gears and begin to think through that passage and uh, understand its meaning in relation to Christmas, understand its meaning for us, um, so that by the end of Advent, I think viewers who have gone through the whole series uh, will not only appreciate Christ coming more at Christmas and understand in a deeper way who He is, um, but my hope is that they will have begun to kind of develop a habit of reading the Old Testament in a way that points to Christ and also shows the relevance for our own lives of these figures, um, the challenges that they face. And I really try to show how, um, how, how similar to them we are, whether, you know, for good mm-hmm. or for, for, for ill, um, we share in their weaknesses. And so we can learn yeah. from their mistakes and we can learn from what they do really well um, as well. So by the end of Advent, I think these are some of the things that will come through for each viewer. Nice. So it starts at the beginning of Advent and ends at the end of Advent. Is that kind of the timeline? That's it. Yep. Okay. Awesome. And how is there a cost to the video series? 
I think we so it's on form.org and to find information the easiest way is to just mm. take a look at augustininstitute.org um, and then there'll be a banner that pops up for Advent offerings and that's where you can sign up to get um, an email in your inbox um, to get the videos to you. It is unformed and most parishes, many parishes throughout the United States offer a subscription for users and that way they can watch yeah. it for free. Right. If not, there's a discount that's available, but it is a subscription service. Um, some of them might be coming out on YouTube, um, but if you sign up for Advent, I think you'll be all set to be, uh, to be ready at Christmas. Wonderful. And you're, you're absolutely right. I know my parish has formed a yep. subscription with yep. formed and a lot of Us them mm -hmm. do as well. So if you Great. want to find that out, maybe call your church uh, parish, the office, and uh, they can give you information on that. But Dr. Scott Heffelfinger is a professor at the Augustin, Augustin Institute Graduate School of Theology. We're talking about a new video series called Rooted, Rediscover the Jesse Tree this Advent. One more time, Dr. Heffelfinger, where can people go to find out more information and to start watching the videos at the beginning of Advent? Yeah, if you go to augustininstitute.org, there'll be a banner for the Advent offerings the top or the bottom. Just Click on it, and you'll be on your way. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, and have a happy Advent. I know we are days away, but thank you so much for being with us today and telling us a little bit more about the Jesse Tree tradition. That's been my pleasure. You have a blessed Advent. You too. Hey, real quick, before we go to the break, I just want to say thank you to all those who have donated to us through I Give Catholic Advanced Giving. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, there's still time to give in, through Advanced Giving. Today is the last day, but tomorrow is the big day. Tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. It's I Give Catholic, 24-hour online day of giving. You can go to igivecatholic.org and search Catholic Community Media and take a look at our needs. Just click on your uh, listening area, your diocese, whether it's Biloxi, Homa, Archdiocese of New Orleans, or Baton Rouge and uh, give during I Give Catholic. This helps so many organizations in our listening area and they rely on this 24-hour day of giving. So thank you to all those who did that already and we look forward to the anticipated day tomorrow. It is half past the hour. Stay with us. Alan Migliorato is next on Wake Up. morning again, everyone. 35 after the hour. Welcome back to Wake Up. Damian Collado, Gabby Smith, David Dawson. And with us now, our Monday morning friend, Alan Migliorato. He is co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And our topic, who do the teens in your family follow? Christ? The crowd? Someone else? Maybe no one. That's why Alan's here. We're going to find out. Good morning, buddy. Hey, good morning, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, Happy indeed. Thanksgiving to you. It's yes. been a while. Uh, yeah, right. it, it's, yeah, it's been a while. But So, Alan, you know, how, how do we get our teens to follow Christ these days? Let's start with that, if they're even wanting oh, man. to. Man, I, I wish I had an answer for that. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a, a one-word or one-thing answer. You know, it's, it's something that, first of all, we have to figure out what are they following. And, and so mm -hmm. we use different words when we say follow. Like, what's leading them? That's one way we say it. Or who, who are you following? Or what influences you? Or where do you get, you know, what, what makes you do what you do? So when we say follow, sometimes we kind of glaze over what that means. Really, if something influences our kids, they're, leading, they're, they're being led by whatever is influencing them. They may not be led forever by it, but it does lead them. So peer groups are one of the things that definitely um, – 
that lead our kids, you know, in the right direction, in the wrong direction. It can, it can lead in any direction. And so being careful about who you choose as friends uh, is a really important thing because, you know, if, if your, your peers are influencing you, you're going to spend more time with your friends than you are probably with your parents as when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of times we, we overlook that and say, well, you know, peers influence more than teens influence or more than, that, more than parents influence. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that laying the foundation, if you have a strong foundation of dialogue with your kids from the time that they're little until they become teenagers, yes, they kind of lose their minds with the hormones when they become teenagers, <laughs> but the foundation doesn't go away, right? It's just kind of like, uh, it really think of it like a, like a bottle rocket, you know, kind of going off. We like the fuse when they're born, and then everything kind of goes crazy for a little bit, and then it just comes back down and everything kind of levels out. But it's that time where we, we become frantic as, as parents and going, what, who is this kid? Mm-hmm. You know, what, why are they acting the way they're doing? Like, um, why, are they, why are they following what they're following? You know, how do we get them back to Christ? They're, they're not necessarily leaving Christ, but just keep, keep driving as a parent. Keep, you know, not pushing, but like keep pulling. You know, keep bringing them back little by little. So we're, we're shepherds for our family, right? And Shepherd had two different tools. He had the, the staff and the rod. Right. And so we don't try not to use the rod because that was more like a defensive tool or something that, you know, that we could use a more harsher. Uh, we want to use the staff and kind of gently guide our kids back onto the right path by asking a lot of questions like, do you think the kids that you're hanging out are, are bringing you closer to God or taking you farther away? And you're, oh, mom or oh, dad, why do you ask such questions? And it's like, well, no one else is probably going to ask you that question and just leave it at that, you know. Um, or I don't know. My, my favorite answer is I don't know. And my favorite response to I don't know is, well, if you did know. What would you say? Mm-hmm. You know, and honestly, if you have never tried that before with your kids, next time your kid says, I don't know, say, well, if you did know, what would the answer be? And they come, they come up with an answer. It's amazing. Um, wow. So, yeah, you got peers. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, well, as a shepherd, you also have to sometimes face the wolf, okay, the evil out there. And that's where, as a shepherd, you have to step in. And I like your analogy. I think the parents sometimes are afraid to intervene because they don't want to hurt their son or daughter's feelings sometimes, or they figure, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to get in the way, and they're going to uh, pull further away from me or separate further from me in my relationship. And that's where I think it, it, it's a challenge for the parent. And, and the reason I, I brought this question up as a whole is a lot of teens are making their confirmation right now. And, boy, I'm sure hoping that the foundation has been laid for them so they, they do follow Christ. And, yeah, we're going to stray, but hopefully it's, it's a lot easier for the parent to bring them back. Yeah, we just finished our confirmation back in, in um, early November, mm-hmm. and um, well, yeah, I, I guess it's still November, but like the early part of November, and it was probably my least favorite <laughs> group of teams that's ever gone through. I've done this <laughs> like 20 years, it, and honestly, it's just like a whole different crowd, but here's what's interesting about that, and here's where I find hope with the Holy Spirit with that. They drove me crazy from the, from the day one, because we do like 10 weeks of like, uh, I guess, you know, classes mm-hmm. or 10 weeks of like, we bring the parents in or the sponsor has to come every time. And like, we make, make sure that like, we're, we're educating both. Right. So I, we have a really strong program, but the teams were not argumentative. They were just indifferent, mm-hmm. you know, and they mm-hmm. just were in, they seemed indifferent. Let me, let me rechange my words. They seemed indifferent. So we had a retreat. I spoke at the retreat and 
it was, you know, I went to have my lunch, and I'm sitting at the table by myself and kind of letting them just kind of socialize, you know, because I know they need to do that. They don't need me in the middle of them. So I'm over by myself, and I probably had like 20 or 30 of the kids that drove me crazy come and just kind of sit by me and talk to me, and I'm like, who are you? Like, where, is, where have you been for the last eight weeks? You drove me, and I'm telling them, I'm telling them off. I'm like, you drove me crazy. Now you want to talk to me and have lunch? Yeah. Give me a cookie and you can sit here. You know, like, <laughs> so I had a bunch of cookies. But no, but they were great. Like, they ended up really strong. And, like, we had tears on confirmation night. Wow. And, like, they were just so proud, and they wanted to take pictures with the bishop and with their catechist. And it, and these those kids who I was worried that weren't going to be um, really connected at all, they ended up like now they're coming to youth group. Now they're they're volunteering. It's like watching the Holy Spirit work is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, what about the ones that don't even get influenced by their peers, uh, or maybe not in their church group, and they become loners? How do we reach out to them and and get them to to understand who Christ is? Well, it would be great if there was one kind of kid that did that, but like that can happen to anyone. And usually yeah. something pushes kids out of a social setting. Mm. So it's either, it may be, maybe they're being bullied, maybe they're getting made fun of, maybe no one's listening to them. And so those kids I try to listen to more so. You show some extra love that way than, than, uh, than the other kids. Sometimes the other kids you can just tell, hey, knock it off. What are you doing? You know, why, you, why do you want to hang around kids who are smoking weed? That's mm -hmm. going to get you nowhere. You know, but other kids you're like, hey, tell me, tell me what's going on. You know, tell me what's going on in your life. How's your prayer life? How come you, you seem like to be sitting by yourself? Like, I care about you. I love you. I want to know what's going on with you. And, yeah, that can, that can sound creepy, but, like, I don't care. Like, I, I want to know what's going on in their life, you know, and, and um, you don't really don't work. Don't push that, you know. Like, if, if sometimes they need alone time, but you've you got to keep asking the questions. Keep creating the dialogue because even if they're not responding mm -hmm. or telling you everything that you want to hear, it's sinking in. So a lot of times as parents, we want to plant the seed, we want to water it, and we want to see the flower bloom in like 10 seconds, right? We want to see our words sink in, but teens take a lot longer to process because, uh. remember, they're going through it for the first time. Yeah. Just like when we went through it for the first time, we didn't listen to our parents. Right. Did that happen, Alan, it's David, did that happen on the, on the retreat? I mean, did it just eventually sink in on this uh, confirmation treat that you were talking about? Because you, you were saying that it started off, they were pretty apathetic, and then something clicked. Yeah, yeah, it, it started to. You can start to see, like, the little blossoms, you know, kind okay. of start to, you know, you can see, like, you ever make a sound and, like, there's a dog and, like, the ears perk up? Yep. You know, and you can see, like, the kids that, that start, we can see when things sink in. You know, it doesn't yeah. necessarily yeah. all sink in at once, but you can see when, like, okay, that, that connected. That one connected, And then yeah. you can use, okay, that connected. I watched that response, and now I know I'm going to take that road with them. I'm going to use analogies. I'm going to use parallels. I'm going to, mm -hmm. whatever it is, or I'm just going to listen more because that this kid likes to talk. Yeah. Okay, so what's he saying? Right, right. Yeah. Well, great advice. Uh, last but not least, the, the ones that are, uh, let's just say, loners, not following anyone, and, and you're a parent, and you can't connect, external help uh, in the final minute or so uh, is probably not a bad idea, right? No. As a matter of fact, like statistics and studies show, the independent Pew studies, it takes five faith-filled adults to help form a teenager's morals. Five. Wow. So if you think wow. you've got mom and dad, who's the, who's the other yeah. three? Wow. Let's get them connected with a youth minister, with a priest. Make sure that they're good. With grandma and grandpa, make sure that they're five faith-filled adults because that's what's going to form our teenagers. Wow. It's not just hoping and keeping our fingers crossed. We need to pray about it. 
you know, get them to know Christ on a personal level, and Christ can be one of those, you know, influences, as long as they have that personal relationship with Jesus. And it sounds very Protestant, but we need personal relationships with Jesus. That's, Amen. That's good to know. Alan Migliorato, thank you, as always, for being with us. We'll be chatting with you next Monday. All right, guys. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank All you. right. Alan Migliorato, go to AdventureCatholic.com if you want to learn more about Alan and all the things that he has to offer. In the meantime, Dr. David Witten from Fran U. He is live and direct in our Baton Rouge studios. We'll be chatting with him in just a moment, so don't go too far. It's 45 after the hour. Forty-eight past the hour, you're tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Damian Collada, and Gabby is uh, running errands right now, so she had to duck away a little early because, you know, life life does that. So, right now in our studios, Dr. David Whitten is joining us again. Hey, welcome back. Good morning. You're a professor of theology at Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, or Fran U, is a lot easier for us to say. A lot easier for everybody to say. It's good to have you back. Last time you gave us an eight minutes, uh, you explained the entire uh, Holy Trinity to us, and, and we all got it. We all completely understood it. Well, that's so, fantastic. So yeah. maybe you can teach the class next semester. I will. I will. Yeah. Just uh, give me a holler. But, but, <laughs> You're but, top of my list. <laughs> <laughs> eight minutes. That's right. And you've graduated. Well, let's let's talk today. We kind of we were talking about Thanksgiving uh, during the break and how it was. Well, during all the breaks because we've been talking about what we all did and whose refrigerators aren't working Who? now and so on. That's right. <laughs> Damien one broke of us has his, a little problem here. <laughs> Damien broke his <laughs> yeah. refrigerator during Thanksgiving. Hey man, if you're not a fix one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Just wore it out. But uh, anyway, uh, talk about that. Talk about your Thanksgiving and, and Thanksgiving what, really it, what all it means because it's still it's kind of still going on. Well, the what I, what I wanted to talk about is, you know, we think of Thanksgiving as this sort of one day, right? Turkey, Mm -hmm. green bean casserole, football, family fights over politics and everything else, right? (laughs) Um, All the good things. But really, the the Catholic life ought to be one of a continual Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I wanted to talk about a little bit is um, the idea of of Eucharist is Thanksgiving, because mm-hmm. um, the word Eucharist actually just means thanks. thanks. Okay. Um, and one of the things, for instance, if you take uh, the Apostle Paul's letters, okay, every one of his letters um, begins with a Thanksgiving. Really? Right. So I'm, gonna, did, I'm just going to read you First Corinthians, okay. and it's usually in the first ten verses. But okay. I'm just to read you from First Corinthians. Um, this is uh, verse four from chapter one. I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus. When he says, I give thanks, mm-hmm. it's I give Eucharist. That's, really? That's, yeah, that's every, translation. Because okay. the, so, the word Eucharist thanks. means thanks. So yeah. if you actually look at the beginning of Paul's letters, hmm. you'll see I give Eucharist or I have thank Eucharist oh, wow. um, all the way through, right? So Eucharist is a form of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So you know, when we receive the Eucharist, you know, either in daily Mass or on Sunday, whatever the case may be, you know, it's a form of thanksgiving, mm, right? So okay. in some sense, we have thanksgiving every time we go to Mass. Mm, good point. Um, without the tryptophan, without the turkey, without the family fights. It's a lot easier to prepare. It is a lot easier to prepare. <laughs> well, actually, no. Um, <laughs> in one sense, right, it's, it's, you know, I mean, you don't have to cook the food. Right. Somebody else but, is up there doing it for me. But on the other hand, the preparing... side, but a spiritual side. Absolutely. To pre- preparation for yeah. thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, I mean... You know, if you think about even the way the mass is structured, 
right? Um, you know, we, we talk about the fact that we're sinners. Uh-huh. Then um, we hear Scripture and the Gospel. Uh-huh. And then we hear an explanation of the gospel and the homily, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then we immediately respond to that with the creed, mm-hmm. I believe, right? That's the first words out of our mouth after, mm-hmm. we, hear, hey, after we hear the homily and the gospel, right, right? right? And then what do we do? We give thanks. Yeah. Right? The, right. Because, the, because, because of we, the Eucharist, yes. right? Uh-huh. And we give thanks for then for what Christ has done. Um, we give thanks for what we're about to receive by taking Christ into our, our own bodies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go out, right? And we share that th- sort of thanksgiving with the people that we're, we're in, in communion with. Beautiful. Right, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when you really is. think about it. So, you know, I mean, and. Y- Thinking back to Paul, I chose the First Corinthians passage because I could have chosen from Romans or any number of different ones, but he's giving thanks to a community that's actually completely dysfunctional. I mean, yeah. there's no parish that we've got that I can think of This is in bad a shape as the Corinthians were. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they were a mess, you right? You picked them because they were the worst? Is because they were the okay. worst, right? right? Because they were, I mean, yeah, he loved the Philippians. They had a really, you know, they, yeah. they had a really good relationship. I mean, the Corinthians, he's about to lay into. Yes, I know. Right? <laughs> um, right? He's, so he's about, he's about to really, like, bring the big stick out. Yes. Um, but he still gives thanks for them, right? Even, so it's not just that we always give thanks for the good things. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes we have to give thanks even for the difficult things. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. because I no. think through the difficult times, that's sometimes when we grow closest to Christ. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's through our suffering and adversity. And yeah, it some can people be. don't want to accept that, and right. and they 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 just oh poor pitiful me instead of looking at it from from a different view. Right. So I think that that level of thanks is, is really important. I mean, one of the things when I teach my course in the sacraments that I, I challenge my students to think about is like, okay, what would it mean to live a Eucharistic life, mm-hmm. a life full of thanksgiving? Well, yeah. And, and really, that's something we have a tendency to stray away from. We have a tendency to ask God, hey, keep us from this suffering. Please help me with this. Help me that. So well, I don't there's have nothing to wrong suffer. with that. <laughs> no, no, no. But at the same time, but to begin... Your thoughts and prayers with Thanksgiving, it kind of is a great runway, if you will, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, there's somebody once said that every prayer needs a please, a sorry, a thanks, and a, and a love. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, being thankful for things. I mean, even when you're in your prayer life, when you're being thankful, right, that assumes in some sense that God's given you something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Right. Um, and if God's given you something, you can also presume that you can probably ask for something as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's not that God's like some sort of cosmic Santa Claus. Right. Um, um, but rather, right, that, that, um, that all, you know, in James it says all gifts come from God, all good gifts come from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the good things that we have... Uh, at the very least, sort of our existence, our sustenance, um, we can live that life of thanks, but particularly for what Christ has done for us. Right. right? So as we go into Advent, um, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday, which is a Puritan holiday, not a Catholic holiday, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. an American holiday, um, we can still sort of transform that into a Catholic uh, sort of sense of thinking, okay, what have I received this year from God, and how can I be thankful for that, as then I go into uh, the Advent season and, and the, the Christmas holidays. Right, right. I, I, I heard a priest say recently thank, that we're the only nation on earth that sets aside a day for Thanksgiving to God, which that's, I thought, I thought that was beautiful. a beautiful way of thinking about it, yeah, right? It, it mm-hmm. really is. As a nation, we do that. As us personally... We should do it on a daily basis. We should start our we day with it, right? We should live a Eucharistic life. Yes, actually waking up saying, hey, I'm actually getting up 
uh, not, and functioning. Other people might not be thankful for you getting up and functioning. But that's, <laughs> you know, but, the, but I mean, the ability to just be here, just our health, right. and be able to serve Christ some way right. to others and, and see Christ in others, too. Indeed. Yeah, it's, but that's a, that's, a, that's a big brain shift it is. lately, isn't it? You it know, is. To start off everything with gratitude. That's beautiful. Well, that's I'm beautiful. thankful for being here with you guys today. Well, I'm oh, thankful we, that thankful. you came. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate this. We're going to keep it going. Okay. You know, we're going to have you back once again. And, 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 and real quick, everything is going, how are things over at uh, FranU? They're doing great. Uh, students will be taking final exams this week. So if you're in the mood to pray for students, oh, yeah. uh, please do that. Oh, my. Um, okay, this is the week. All this right. is the week, right. Okay. So the stress level goes really high. And then the poor professors have to grade everything. So you got to pray for them. We'll too. pray for both y'all. Yeah. So yeah. the difference is the students have to do it sober. The, 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 the faculty can have a little whiskey or something wow. like that where they grade. That's right. That's when y'all can chill. Well, <laughs> I, like, I like the philosophy Dr. of David. Fran you. That's good. <laughs> Dr. David Witten, thanks for joining us. We're going to see you again. We'll see you again soon. See you again soon. All right. Great. All right, guys. Well, Damien, right. you ready to yeah, close we'll us out wrap with prayer? Up with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord Jesus, your love knows no bounds, and you give without measure. All that I have comes from you. May I give freely and generously in gratitude for all that you have given to me. May the light of our Lord Jesus make the path he has set out bright and clear, and may the prayers of St. Francesco Antonio Fasani be a help in all our struggles. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Damien. Nice touch of Italian there. Join us tomorrow. We're going to have Corey Howard. He's going to be joining us. We're going to be talking, uh, I Give Catholic. We got Sister Ann Flanagan. We're going to talk about another devotional, Sean McCaffrey Cappy. We're going to be talking about a beautiful book on sacramentals. That's tomorrow on Wake Up. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. is a production of Catholic Community Media.